Amen. Wonderful, wonderful. I enjoyed that, didn't you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother Will, I noticed they didn't let you sing. They just let you play. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but anyway, well, that's a great, I appreciate that. And it took some work to put that together. I love those stringed instruments together. Just beautiful. And thank the Lord for it. Proverbs chapter number four. We're in a new chapter in Proverbs. Amen. All God's people said. Amen. And are we up up and running here yet? All right. Okay. Can you hear me all right out there? Everything sound all right? Okay. Proverbs chapter number four tonight. Proverbs chapter number four tonight. And uh, we're going to jump in here and uh, talk some about wisdom tonight. Wisdom is one of the big subjects of the book of Proverbs, of course. And uh, let's open with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we love you tonight and we need you. I pray that you would give us all a great hunger for biblical wisdom. How many, many decisions, Lord, we make in our lives. And sometimes so carelessly. And God, to help us to walk in wisdom. And understanding that our lives will be a compilation of the decisions and the choices that we made along the way. And so give us Wisdom that's available in Jesus' name. Amen. Get your pencil out if you don't mind and mark a few things as we go along here. Circle the first word of verse number one. Hear, ye children, the instruction of a father. Then circle the word attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine and then forsake not or forsake ye not. Circle that if you would. There's three things right off the bat that he says. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. The word attend just means pay attention. Pay attention to it. To no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. He's saying this is, this is good stuff I'm giving you. <laughs> this is good stuff. Forsake ye not my law. Don't forsake it. Don't turn away from it. And so hears, open your ears, open your ears. You know, there's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth, right? Why? He wants us to do more listening than he does talking. Amen? I'm absolutely convinced that God, God calls preaching foolishness in the Bible. Uh, he calls it the foolishness of preaching. From a, from a, uh, from a human standpoint, from a worldly standpoint, it, it's, it, it seems like foolishness. And yet God ordained preaching to salvage, to save them that believe. It's not about t- talking about the salvation of the soul because he's talking to believers. To save them, the believers, to salvage the believer. And God ordained it. And I'm absolutely convinced well, one reason why is because when somebody's preaching, you can't talk back. I'm absolutely convinced that's why. Now you do in your head sometimes. I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> like they're having a conversation with you right now in their head. Uh, and uh, Mike, for example. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, but I mean, you know, so I know that, I know that, that there's some talking going on up there. Uh, but, but, but God designed preaching. He wants us under the spoken word of God. And he wants to impact our minds and our hearts. And so many times we miss out on wisdom because we don't hear. We don't hear. He said, here, hey, <laughs> listen, listen, you got to listen. It doesn't matter how smart the guy is in front of you. And the guy in front of you is very smart tonight. Uh, what are you laughing for, Dave McKinney? Uh, was that you that just laughed out loud? 
that was my nephew? <laughs> Y'all pray for Brother Bush. He's looking for a job. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. So, but listen, it doesn't matter how wise a person is in front of you uh, if you don't listen. It doesn't matter, does it? You know, it's amazing to me. My, my, when, I, when I was a young man, you know, um, I don't know, 15, 14, 15, my, my parents, they're good people. They're loving people uh, in all. They're, they were good parents, but they, they, they weren't that smart, really. Uh, they, they just weren't. They just weren't that smart. But, you know, when I got up to, uh, to about 19, uh, they, they, they started getting a little smarter. They really did. And then, um, and then, twenty twenty one, twenty two, they they really took some good strides forward. They became much wiser. And you know, when I got married, boy, they really, they really, really had some things to offer and want to start having kids. They, boy, you can't believe how wise they became then. Now let me tell you something. Uh, there's wisdom available to you. You just haven't figured it out yet. You haven't figured it out yet. And until you have life experiences, sometimes you don't realize what you need until you need it. And you think, good night, I should have paid attention more. I should have paid attention more. You know, God has so ordained it that we make some of the most crucial decisions of our lives before our prefrontal cortex is fully developed. You're not until age 25... Does this part right here of your brain fully develop? This is not, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching right now. This is scientific. But your prefrontal cortex does not develop until your mid-20s, 25. Guess what happens there? That's where you're re, you reason things out, you weigh things out, you think through things. That happens right up here. Which is why. You don't need to think yourself smarter than your parents when you're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Moms and dads, y'all are welcome to say amen anytime you want to. <clears throat> Which is why that you ought to be, you ought to seek wisdom. You ought to listen to what your dad has to say. Well, my dad's not very spiritual, but your dad knows some things you don't know. Not everybody's an expert in every area. A few of us are, but not too many of us are experts in every area. But let me tell you something. Your mom and dad, they know some things. And, and he says, son, listen. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend, pay attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine as teaching, teaching. I give you good doctrine. This is good stuff is what he's saying. Forsake ye not my law. Forsake ye. Now don't turn away from it. Don't turn away from it. Now, when I was 18, I had worked and had a little business and uh, several dozen yards took care of and uh, saved up money and I was ready to go. And I, I bought that car against my father's advice. At 18, I bought a car against his advice because I had it figured out. I had it figured out. I knew it was going to work out. And, uh, and uh, good-looking cars always work out. Good-looking used cars always work out great, don't they? And uh, anyway, I went against his advice, and I, I wish I hadn't forsaken his instructions. And, you know, he told me, he said, since your money, you can do what you want with your money. He said, I, I, I'm not going to try to tell you 
you know, you can't use your own money in that way, but I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm not going to help you because that's not smart. You, you worked hard. You saved that money for college. You ought to use it for college. And so then he said this. He said, uh, I figured out a way to get the car without his help. And uh, so uh, he said, okay, so but make me one promise. He said, when it comes down to you staying at Bible college or selling your car, promise me you'll sell your car and stay in college. Well, I, I, I'd had no problem making that promise because that would never happen. <laughs> that would never happen. So I packed that thing all, I pack it, I pack it up. Man, it is good. It was a nice car too. 1982 black Celica Supra with a big spoiler on the back window, aluminum wheels, leather interior, nice sound system, uh, uh, moonroof, uh, uh, sunroof, and uh, it was nice. And man, I looked good in that car too, by the way. I just tell you. And, uh, and it broke down on the way to college. <laughs> on the way. I was two days late registered for college because my car broke down on the way. And that was the beginning of one after another. I think I put three fuel pumps on it, a, a, a new fuel tank on it, before I figured out somebody had poured sand in my gas tank before I left. And uh, I'm still bitter about that. Pray with me about that, would you please? But anyway, but you know what? <clears throat> uh, it, it wasn't my father either. <laughs> it wasn't my dad. <laughs> it was him. Oh, boy. Anyway... Maybe it was. I never, no. But anyway, but God used that to teach me a lesson. And I, I wish that I hadn't forsaken his instruction, his teaching. And um, anyway, God is gracious. He's merciful. He used that in my life. It helped me learn how to pray. <laughs> and I had to get on my face and I had to get right. And I had to seek God. And, uh, and God never had to be withdrawn and lose credits or anything like that, but I came awfully, awfully close. God taught me some great things through that. But you know, the easier way, just listen. Just listen. You know, just listen. Just follow instructions. Just just do what you're told. That's a lot easier. Amen? Just do what you're told. You're not smarter than your mama. You're not smarter than your daddy. Your brain's not developed. I'm not sliding you. I'm telling you a scientific fact. Your brain is not finished developing. You need instruction. You need counsel. You need guidance. Young people seek guidance. Don't bristle when someone gives you instructions. Say, thank God. Thank God someone cares enough to give me good instructions. Amen? And now, this tells us a little bit about Solomon's relationship to his mom and dad. He said, for I, I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Now, uh, David was a warrior. Solomon was not. I don't think Solomon was soft or effeminate, but I think he was a little bit of a mama's boy. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go here, okay? I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. All right. Listen, listen. Too much time... <laughs> Uh, if I could get some help, I'd appreciate it. No, but listen. Young men need to be around men. Young men need to be around men. And some of you have got some single moms here. What do you do? You point them to men. You point them to men. You point them to good godly men. 
who have character and discipline are what they ought to be. And, uh, but, uh, um, you know, once in a while, once in a while, um, ladies, if you want to help that young man be masculine, then you be feminine. Femininity encourages masculinity. You know, once in a while, I say, oh boy, I hear some mama, I'm going to make, my boy's going to be a man. That, you understand, that, that is counterproductive. Okay? He needs to see, okay, I'm going to use a word, and I don't take this the wrong way. He needs to see weakness in you. I don't, I don't mean weakness of character. I, I don't mean that in a negative way. But he needs to say, hey, I, I, mama needs me. The little guy, mama needs me. I don't mean emotionally, moms. By the way, I do not mean emotionally. I don't mean that. I mean mama needs me to help carry the groceries. Mama needs me to hold the door. Mama needs me to be a little man. And please, you, you, will, you will tend your boy toward effeminate if you lean on him like a girlfriend. I did just say that. Your, your son is not your girlfriend. You don't, you don't cry on your son's shoulder. Somebody say amen to pastor. Okay? What he needs is in a, if, if fem, the ladies to be feminine. And he needs a lot of time with the right kind of men, with masculine men. Amen? Yeah. Now, Solomon, David was a fighter. But Solomon didn't have to fight. His dad did. His dad did all the fighting. Now, I don't think that means he was effeminate, but he did. He say, I was tender. He said, boy, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He, he was, I think he was a mama's boy. <laughs> and um, anyway, enough of that. Verse number four. Everybody's okay, right? Okay, good. Verse number four. He taught me also. My dad taught me some things also. He said, my mama taught me most everything, but my, my dad taught me some things too. He taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words. Circle the word heart in verse number four. Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. You, you know, uh, again... Uh, the word uh, uh, retain, a retention, to keep that, hold on to it. Where we hold on to it is in our hearts. Where we hold on to it is in our hearts. When the truth gets down from our, from our minds right here, down into our hearts, that's where we retain it. That's where we hold on to it. The Bible says, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs chapter 23, verse number 7. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so retention happens in the heart. Uh, Young people, look at me. If your heart is hard, or your heart is rebellious, if your heart is not in tune with your mom and dad, if you are bitter at your mom and dad, or angry at your mom and dad, you will not retain the instruction or the wisdom they seek to give you. You won't do it. And that has to come from the heart. And, and may I say this, if there is brokenness between parents that, uh, and children, 
by God's grace, fast, pray, rearrange your life, rearrange your schedule, turn your life upside down, downsize to a hut in one vehicle and figure out how to live life with your family and be in their lives and have time with them and do what you need to do. But, but no amount of what the world calls success is worth losing your family for. None, none of it. None of it. And, um, and so... Um, there's no shortage of slicksters out there to win the heart of your kids. No shortage. There's no shortage of folks out there in the world that will court your kids and win their hearts over to a whole different way of thinking. You say, well, I didn't teach them that. Yeah, but somebody else got their heart. Somebody else got their heart. What's the Bible say? The Bible says the light of the body is in the what? Light of the body is in the what? Is in the eye. Now, let me tell you something. It's just so simple. It's so simple. But do you know who's going to influence your kid? You know who's going to influence your children? The one who looks at them in the eye, smiles at them. That's who's going to influence them. Now, you have got to be, mom and dad, you've got to be the one. Man, you're awesome. You've got to be that one. You've got to be the one that delights in them. Delight in them. Because somebody is going to, somebody is going to turn their hearts away from you because they, they're not going to, judge them so to speak they're not going to have that antagonistic spirit that critical spirit and and they're just going to take them just as they are and that person that brings delight to their soul will be able to influence them and when they talk about the things they saw the things they've done the things they enjoy all of a sudden the great feelings that come from hey this person i feel like this person accepts me i feel like this person actually likes me he said, I love my children. Do, do you like your children? Do you like them? Do you enjoy your kids? Do your children feel like you enjoy them? That they enjoy you, enjoy being with you? That's the person that's going to influence. And as I said a while ago, there are plenty of charlatans out there to pay a little attention, take a little shine to one of your kids and influence them in such a hurry. Retention happens in the heart. Keep my commandments and live. Next to that verse, verse number 4, write Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Anybody want to stand up and quote it for me? Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Any, any kids know that by heart? Children, obey. Anybody can do that? Ah, put you on the spot here. All right. If you can, try to say it with Pastor. Can you do it, Keith? All right. Can you, do you mind coming up here and doing it? Okay. Can you turn that mic on for me? All right. Let's try this together. Ch- uh, children, obey. Let's see if we got this here. All right. You want to say it? Children. Children. Obey. Obey. Can you carry it from there? Try. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Children, obey your parents. In the Lord. In the Lord. For this is right. This is right. 
honor thy father and thy mother. Honor my father and mother. Amen. Thank you, Keegan. I appreciate it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, I need a teenager. We're going to practice the preamble of the Constitution. And uh, try it with me, if you would. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Did you get that last phrase? That thou mayest, what? Live long on on the earth. See that at the end of verse number four? Keep my commandments and what? Live. Go over to verse number 10. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall what? Be many. Go back to chapter three and look at verse one. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and what? Long life and peace shall they add to thee. Folks, look at it for just a minute. Lives are cut short because of dishonoring and disobeying parents. Lives are literally cut short because we do not honor and we do not obey our parents. That's biblical. Now, if you don't, for no other reason, you want to live a long life, a productive life, you ought to obey for that reason alone. Amen. Because God promised, he calls it the first commandment with promise. Did I skip that when I was quoting a while ago, didn't I? Which is the first commandment with promise. That it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. So children, obey and honor your parents. Now, verse number five. Uh, get wisdom. Underline those two words, please. Get wisdom. Underline the next two words. Get understanding. Whose responsibility is it to get wisdom? It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not. Your wisdom, again, is personified as it is uh, throughout um, the book of Proverbs. Forsake her. Wisdom. Lady wisdom. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her. And she shall keep thee, protect you. Wisdom is the principal thing. That's the main thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Um... You know, how many, how many of you, uh, let's see, how many like buffets? You like buffets? You like buffets? I like buffets. I like that verse about Paul said, I buffet my body every day and I try to do the same. All right. So, uh, a buffet is, you know, it's all you can eat. You know, come, all you can eat. And, and you know, uh, the, uh, God said this. He said, get, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Go get it. There's plenty everywhere. You go through the book of Proverbs. He said, you go down here and watch this little ant. The Bible said uh, Solomon wrote of his 3,000 Proverbs. He wrote about trees. He wrote about insects. He wrote about animals. He wrote about, he wrote about all kinds of subjects. But in the book here, he said, go to the ant. Go look, watch her. You ever, you ever study a little ant colony? It's really fascinating, isn't it? Fascinating. I watched an ant the other day in the garage, on the floor of the garage. Uh, uh, and, uh, and 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 th- they're little, strong little creatures. They picked two or three times their size and carried around. 
And, uh, and I just watched him a little bit. And can I tell you something? Uh, uh, wisdom, is, uh, wisdom is available. Wisdom is everywhere. If you want it. If you want it, it's available. And God said, get wisdom. Get wisdom. I think about that classic example of King Saul. Excuse me, King Solomon. Uh, the Bible illustrates his wisdom. Uh, people came from all over. The Queen of Sheba came and she said, man, the half wasn't told me. I've never seen anything like this. I've never heard anything like this. The wisdom that you have. And uh, two ladies uh, that uh, uh, of ill repute and they both uh, had uh, sons, illegitimate sons. And, uh, and one of them rolled over on her baby at night and it suffocated to death. And she woke up in the middle of the night and her baby was dead. And the other lady that she lived with, uh, they, she had a newborn as well. And she, the lady took her, 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 her dead child and she laid it in the bosom of that other lady and then took her baby and put it in her bosom like this and she went back to sleep. They woke up the next morning and she's got this baby cradled in her arms. It's not hers. And the other lady has a deceased baby there cradled and she wakes up and she says, this is not my baby. And the lady said, we don't like This is not my baby. She says, yes, it is. You, you, you had it in your arms when you went to sleep. I had my baby in my arms. You had your baby in your arms. They looked at her and said, no, it's not. This is not my baby. And she, says, you, and she said, you got my baby. She said, I don't have your baby. What are you talking about? This is my baby. Your baby died. You should have rolled over on your baby. There was a controversy. That seems like a, that's a terrible controversy, isn't it? Tells you a little bit about the state of mind of these two ladies. But anyway, that thing wound all the way up in front of in, in Solomon. And nobody could make, authorities couldn't do anything about it. And it wound up in, 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 in Solomon. And uh, Solomon said, we'll take care of this. He said, go get me a sword. I said, here comes a sword. And uh, he said, cut the baby in half and give half to that woman. Give half to that woman. And one of the ladies said, that sounds fair to me. The other one said, no, 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 please, please. please. It's her baby. Give it to her. And Solomon said, there's your mama right there. There's your mama right there. The one willing to give her child away for the benefit of the child. Now, uh, can I tell you something? We need wisdom. Amen. I was teaching some of the young men just a few minutes ago in my office. Hey, you need wisdom in every relationship of your life. When you pray for wisdom, you ought to think about all the relationships. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a son. I'm a friend. I'm an employer. I'm a co-worker. I'm a soul winner. I'm a preacher. I'm a teacher. You understand? You go through your life. You're an uncle. You're a grandfather. You're a brother. You're a sister. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're a parent. And so forth like that. You're a grandparent. Think about your relationships. and You need wisdom. You need to be able to take what you know and apply it to that situation. I heard years ago my pastor say this. He told us, he said, young men, the greatest mistakes that are made in the pastorate are mishandling people. And I, I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten that. I said, God, please. Uh, I, 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 this, I'm dealing with sticky stuff this week. Or you preparation for school. We've dealt together with quite a bit of sticky stuff. Uh, for example, Noah is really, really messed up. And I, I uh, anyway, but... But that's just part of it. I mean, it's just part of it. I was thinking, you know, uh, praise the Lord, it looks like we will likely have a, a record enrollment, and that's great. Uh, but it's like, you know, if you don't, the Bible said, where no, where no oxen are, the crib is clean. If you want a perfectly clean barn, then don't have, you can't put any animals in it. Amen. If you want a perfectly clean house, don't put any kids in it. Amen. And it's just, that just goes with the territory. But what, it, it's, a, it's work, but it's a joy. It's a joy. 
But I also realize that if we just go in there and just, you know, a little little peeve, a little irritated, a little tired or something like that, a decision can affect somebody's life. And you know what? You need wisdom in your realm just like I need wisdom in my realm. Mishandling people hurts people for a long time. And I've never forgotten that statement. I beg God for wisdom. I beg God for wisdom all these years. The decision to come here uh, uh, in uh, in the summer of 1995, I had spent much time that summer just begging God for that one. Please, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. I need wisdom. And and I'm going to tell you something. And this may surprise you. But, but, But most of the decisions that you make in your Christian life, God is not going to give you the answer. He says right here in his word, he said, get wisdom. He gave you a whole book right there. He said, there you go. It's like going to the buffet. He says, go get you something to eat. And we say, well, God, please tell me what to eat. He says, go get you something. But what should I have? Should I have chicken or fish? Go get you something. God said, go get it. No, God, I'm going to wait on you. I'm just going to stand here with my empty plate. And whatever you put on my plate, that's what I'm going to eat. I'm going to take that as God's will. I'm going to wait for a sign. When the buzzer goes off, then I'll start eating. You're going to starve to death. Because I'm just telling you, sometimes, okay, don't take this the wrong way, but sometimes we're too spooky about the Christian life. Look, I know there's unique ways that God has revealed himself to me and called a sign or whatever you want to. I know without a doubt there's sometimes God did something really special and it was, it was wonderful. But, you, but don't live that way. I need a sign from heaven. Forget that. God can give you a sign if he wants to give you a sign. But, but, but he, said, he said, I got a buffet here. He said, get it. Get yourself. Help yourself. All you can eat. All you can eat. People come to me and say, uh, Pastor, I had a dream, and I wonder what it means. I say, how much Bible did you read this week? I don't interpret dreams until you're a faithful Bible reader. Now, I can't interpret dreams. <laughs> what, here, what we, want, we want somebody, to, we want to sit there and open our mouth, and someone pick it up, someone put it in, and say, this is God's will for me. Listen, God said, go get it, go get it. There's a whole, there's a plethora of choices. Here's a whole buffet of wisdom. Now let me give you some things about wisdom. You need wisdom. Listen, your life, I said a little bit ago, your your life, your life will be a compilation of the choices and decisions that you make. Now if you don't like your life, if you don't like where you are in your life, then you just go back and say, you know what? I wasn't real smart. Uh, And (laughs) if you if you don't go somewhere else, if you don't do something different about the way you make decisions, don't expect it to get better. So the choices we make, that becomes our life. So let me, let me, let me, how do we get wisdom? How do we get wisdom? Let me give you some things. Uh, write this down. Proverbs 13, 20. Write this down. I'm going to give you five or six things here. How do we get wisdom? Number one, Proverbs 13, 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. Walk with wise men. Walk with wise men. Walk with wise men. Look. Okay, uh, let's see. Mr. Cook, let's, let's walk together. Come on. Let's walk together. Um, d- d- uh, d- 
you, 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 you can infer more from that verse than what is on the surface, but don't miss what's on the surface. I mean, it says what? It says do what with wise men? Walk. Okay, let's walk. Now, what's naturally going to happen when you walk with somebody? Did you have a good day? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. How's Noah doing? Uh, he's struggling, but... He's struggling? Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> now, what God is saying, he's saying get around wise people. Get around wise people. All right? Let's say he's a wise man. It's not, of course, but let's just say uh, he's a wise man. And I might say, hey, where are you headed? Can I go with you? Can I walk with you? What did I do? He said, he that walketh with wise men. Wait a minute. Who's the initiator? He that walketh with wise men. Who's the initiator? The one who needs wisdom, right? So you got to initiate something. You got to figure out a way to get around wise people. Now, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, I'm not talking about being obnoxious. I'm not... not how about, you know, dominating someone's time um, and so forth like that? Uh, but, but, but find a way to get around people that have some wisdom. Look, may, may I say this? It, you know, if you want your marriage to be stronger, then maybe you shouldn't fancy yourself the one who helps everybody with their marriage by listening to all their problems in their marriage. Well, you know me. I'm just... You're not... You're not helping your own marriage. Why do you need to know what they fussed about? Why do you need to know why she wasn't in church or why he wasn't in church. Is everybody listening to me? Why do you need to know that? You say, well, I'm going to help them with their marriage. How's your marriage? And I promise you this, your marriage will suffer if you start filling your head with problems. Well, I'm just a friend. I'm afraid. Okay, let me tell you what. If you're in a position to help someone, then yeah, you're going to listen. Well, how do I know if I'm in a position? Okay, let's let's say Rodney and Shannon are having problems. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell that, but anyway, if Rodney and Shannon are having trouble, you say, well, I. You know, I just want to help him because Rodney's my friend. I'm going to be there for Rodney. I got a question for you. Is Shannon okay with that? Does Shannon even know about it? Well, I just want to be a friend to Shannon. And, you know, she needs somebody to talk to. And 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 I'm just going to be there. I'm just going to be there for her. Be there for her too many times means to listen to gossip. Listen to someone bad mouth. Okay. I said, so you're going to do that? Okay. So then Rodney's for that? Rodney's aware of that? And Rodney's for that because Rodney's seeking your counsel? Well, well, she needs somebody she can confide in. You're just gossiping. You're not helping. That's good. Amen. 
you're spreading gossip. Now, if you're going to help a marriage, then both parties need to be on board. And, and, and yes, if you're struggling and whatever, as a parent and child, a husband, wife, whatever, you might find a more mature Christian. And, and maybe it's pastor, maybe it's not pastor. But somebody who's got to make is a kid, let's go together. When I counsel young couples before they get married, I say, you need to settle on a counselor. You need to settle in advance on a counselor because you're eventually going to need that. And both of you need to give each other the right to say, and I compel on their hearts this, you need to, right now, while you're getting along, everything's Gucci-goo, right now you decide that either one of you at any time in your marriage can say, hey, I'd like for us to go talk to so-and-so. The person you decided together that you would trust and confide in together, I'd like for us to go talk to, and you will absolutely say yes and not resist. And I say, well, you make that pact with each other. I make that pact right in front of me. That if I ever feel like we need... Because let me tell you if, if Here's what will happen. If you don't have someone like that in your life, you love and respect, that you both trust someone spiritually minded, someone that's got a successful relationship, here's what happens. You'll start just... All you have to do, you'll come in and your face is not right and you're just waiting for somebody. You're just waiting Is everything okay? Not really. You want, you want coffee tomorrow? Yeah. You don't want coffee. You want to gossip. You want to throw your husband, throw your wife under the bus. You don't want help. You want sympathy. Now listen, what you need, what you need is wisdom. That's what you need. And the Bible said, get it. Go get it. It's there. Go get it. How do we do this? Walk with wise men. Walk with wise men. Get around wise people. Amos uh, 3, 3, uh, can two walk together except they be greedy? Number two, number two. Write this down. Go soul winning. And write Proverbs eleven thirty next to it. You want wisdom? You need wisdom? You say, I don't know what to do with my kids. You need some wisdom. I don't know about marriage. I, you need some wisdom. I, I, have a, I got a decision to make at work. You need wisdom. What do you do? Get around wise people. Get around wise people. Look, if a guy's not smart enough not to drink a beer, he ain't wise. He's foolish. That's foolishness. Yeah. A guy's not smart enough to, to keep his mouth clean, he's foolish. Don't, you don't need to be around that. And somebody's not wise enough to stout the gossip, whatever, you don't need that. You can get around some wise people. Number two, go soul winning. Proverbs eleven thirty. He that winneth souls is wise. He that winneth souls is wise. Can I tell you something? Do you know that you will grow in wisdom as you seek to win souls to Christ? You know why? Because God, first of all, God wants the world saved. How many believe God wants? God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You believe that? Say amen. All right? And he gave us a command to go on all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Right? Okay? So that's our business. Luke chapter uh, 14 says, go out in the highways and hedges, compel them to come in. So that's our task mandated to us. We've been commissioned to be a witness for Jesus Christ. God is interested in getting the world saved. And you know what you're going to need? You're going to need wisdom 
to know how to help people, how to work with someone, how to deal with someone, how to present Christ to someone. And God said, man, alive, you're trying to get in my business. I'll give you some insight and some wisdom if you'll be interested in souls. That's what I'm interested. That's my heartbeat. I came for, for men's souls. I don't want people going to go to hell. And I, that's why I came. I came to seek and to save that which is lost, Luke 19.10. And when you're interested in that, I'm interested in that. I'm going to give you wisdom if you're a soul winner. Now, let me tell you something. You, you, you want, you say, ha, ha. first of all, you want to identify somebody wise? He that winneth souls is wise. But it just, just, that verse isn't just about identifying who is wise. That verse is about how to become wise. He that winneth gets involved in the business of winning souls to Christ is wise. Some of you got some decisions maybe about relationships, decisions about your children, decisions about your life, decisions about your job. You say, what do I do? Go soul winning. No, I need, I need something bigger than that. That's your problem. You think it's more complicated, but it's not. It's he that winneth souls is wise. I didn't say that. God said that. He that winneth souls is wise. Amen? Well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just withdraw from everybody and everything. I'm just gonna think for a month. Now, what you better do is you better pray more, read your Bible more, go soul winning more. Amen? Because God will be interested in giving you wisdom. So number one, walk with wise men. Number two, go soul winning. Number three, read the wisdom book. Read the wisdom book. Amen? Second uh, Timothy and chapter number three. 2 Timothy chapter number three. Listen to this. Paul, of course, is, is uh, writing here uh, to Timothy. And uh, uh, listen to what he said. Um, First Timothy, sorry, First Timothy, chapter three, um, and uh, and uh, which is I've uh, written the wrong reference down, I believe. Which is able to make thee wise. That's the verse that I'm looking for. See if you can find that for me, I'd appreciate it because I cannot find the verse that I have in my head. And, uh, which is able to make thee wise. Somebody look up that little phrase. Somebody's got a little concordance, and uh, I'll, I'll give you the correct reference there. Uh, read the wisdom book. Read the wisdom book. And I'm holding this book in my hand. Amen? A book that is able to make thee wise. Anybody find that for me yet? Able to make thee wise. Somebody reading the whole... 2 Timothy 3.15? All right, go back. 2 Timothy 3.15. Thank you, sir. Oh, here it is. Thank you. And that from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, here's the phrase if you want to underline it, which are able to make thee wise. This book right here can make you wise. Amen? Pastor, pray for me. I'm trying to find the will of God for my life. How many Bibles, how much time do you spend in the Bible today? How much time do you spend in the Bible this week? How much Bible have you read? Well, I need wisdom. I'm trying to figure out what, what to do, where to go, uh, uh, who to date, who not to date, who to marry, who not to marry, where to go to school, where not to go to school. What, what about this job? Not about that job. How much, about, how much time do you spend in the Bible? Pastor, I really need wisdom. Why do you keep talking about the Bible? Because the Bible, the Scriptures, are able to make you wise. Amen? Amen? Yes, sir. You said, so that's your answer? Get wisdom? Read the Bible? Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> that's God's answer. Amen? Here it is. Are you ready? Uh, walk with wise men. Number two, go soul winning. He that winneth souls is wise. Number three, read the wisdom book. That's the word of God. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, next, write this down. 
Get counsel. Get counsel. Look at Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11. And look at verse number 14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Look at chapter 12, please. Verse number 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Right in his own eyes. In other words, the fool isn't doing something. It's not talking about somebody who says, well, I'm doing wrong. I know I'm doing The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Are you listening to me? So he's got a, he's got a distinction here. Here's what I think is right. And here's what wise counsel says. The Bible said, he that hearkeneth to counsel is wise. The fool is going to do right because it seems right in his own eyes. Now, what God is saying is this. You better get some other eyes on that matter. Well, the way I see it, uh, you find out the way somebody else sees it. Somebody who is a soul winner. Somebody who's made good decisions with their life. Somebody who knows especially that particular area in which you have to make a decision. Look at chapter 15. Look at chapter 15. Verse number 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Without counsel, purposes, all right? So in other words, you had good intentions, but you didn't get good counsel. I'm going to start a business. Well, that's wonderful ambition. I'm going to start a business. And boy, and it's good and great. You need passion, you need zeal, you need work ethic, and you need some good counsel too. (laughs) I'm just going to, I'm going to, okay, maybe you will. But if you succeed... It'll be because you have enough sense to find out from somebody who's been there and done that and get some good counsel along the way. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. I would say probably 50% of the people that I've, I don't know how many weddings I've done over the years, but 50% of the people that I've married, when they got married, they said, you know what, we, we, we want this thing to last about seven years and we'll be happy if it lasts seven years and after that we'll... We'll just do something. No. No. I've never married somebody who didn't in their head think it was going to last forever. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Amen? Amen. Look at uh, chapter 20. Chapter 20. And... um, Verse number five. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Um, you, you know, wis- wisdom is not... Uh, the best water is down at the bottom, and the best wisdom is down in the heart, and it's not on the surface. Uh, I'm not saying you can't get counsel. Everybody knows something you don't know. And you can learn something from everybody. But quite frankly, your best wisdom is probably not going to come from the person who loves to give their opinion. Typically, the best wisdom comes from the person you have to draw it out of them. You understand what I just said? 
You ever have a, you're having a conversation, you're asking somebody a question, somebody walks up, interrupts your conversation, and gives their opinion? <laughs> As though you went to them for advice? Probably not what you ought to listen to. What you ought to find is a person who's contemplative, thoughtful. Because here's what a wise person does. A wise person, first of all, is not necessarily going to tell you. He's not, nece- he's not necessarily going to lay it out there for you unless you really want to know. Because you know why? Because sometimes wisdom is tough to swallow. Sometimes people come and say, Pastor, I really need, I really need help on this. Okay. And, and honestly, and please don't take offense if you feel like I've done this to you, but sometimes people say, I really need help on this, and I'll put them off. Okay, we'll talk sometime. When are we going to talk? Anytime. Sometimes it's because what that person needs to hear, they, they really don't want to hear. They're not ready to hear it. And they don't really want to hear it. I spent probably 45 minutes doing 99% listening to finish a conversation that said, we really need to talk sometime where I can really, I thought... I said a dozen words in 45 minutes. Now, nobody knows who this is, and I'm going to embarrass Mr. Cook. That is not a person who wants counsel. What is counsel? Counsel is advice. Can you counsel? Can you give me some advice? Yes. But not while you're talking, I can't. No, I can't, I can't give you advice while you're talking. And a lot of people don't want to talk. We, 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 we want to... And I'm not suggesting... Listen, I understand. I understand the importance of empathy and understanding a situation before you speak. The Bible talks about that as well. But that's not the same thing that I really do want advice. A lot of times, what we want, is we want to find some, someone to empathize with us so they will agree with what we already want to do. Sometimes I'll say this. When I have a feeling, it's a situation. I'm asking, why don't you write your question down? No, I, I just can't. I didn't, let me just tell it to you. Said, no, no, I'll tell you what, write it down. Well, I just want to talk. Write it down. You know why? Because they can't. All they can do is talk about it. Now, wisdom, the Bible said, it's like that deep well. That best water is way down deep. Amen? And you need to find somebody who's got something like that to offer. And then you need enough wisdom to draw it out. Chapter 24. We're almost done. We're almost done. Verse 6. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war... And in multitude of counselors, there is safety. In wise counsel, thou shalt make... Well, that's a pretty big decision. Going to war, that's a pretty big decision, right? All right. And in multitude of counselors, there is safety. The Bible, there's another verse in the Bible that says that uh, a, a, a conceited man uh, has a, a wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. Uh, I forgot what it's a foolish man or a lazy man or something. is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. If you've got seven men telling you the same thing, you, that's what God's talking about. You, 
You should pay attention to that. Sometimes we go look for counsel until we finally find somebody who tells us what we want to say, what we wanted to hear, and then we can do what we already plan to do. That's not getting counsel. Let me give you one more. Proverbs 17. Uh, how can we get wisdom? Walk with wise men. Go soul winning. Read the wisdom book. Get counsel. Proverbs 17. Look at verse number 28. Even a fool... When he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. Now, you're not going to like this, but I'm going to say it. It's biblical. You want wisdom? Talk less. Talk less. And listen more. The Bible said, be swift to hear, slow to speak. Sometimes... You could get wisdom if you would stop long enough to realize somebody there might know something about that and you might get a little wisdom, but you won't get it if you don't close your mouth and open your ears. Right? Amen? Everybody all right with that? You want wisdom? Do more listening. Do more listening. Do less talking. Now, if you'll do that, then people will start asking you to talk. The less you talk, even if you're you're not wise, you'll appear wise. The Bible says, even a fool, if he keeps his mouth shut, everybody thinks he's wise. But the one that just has opinion about everything and just free with their opinion and talk, talk, tell everybody what they ought to do about every situation, listen more. You want wisdom? Get in the wisdom book. Go soul winning. Walk with wise men. Talk less. One last one, James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. Every single day of your life, you ought to be begging God for wisdom. Please, God, give me wisdom. James 1, 5. Ask. Ask God for wisdom. He said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. Ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given you. God's not going to scold you. You're again, you're asking me for this gift. Yes, God, every day, every day of my life, in through relationships, go through all those relationships and say, God, I need wisdom as a husband. I need wisdom as a wife. I need wisdom as a parent. I need wisdom as a brother. I need wisdom as a Sunday school teacher. I need wisdom as a teacher in the classroom. I need wisdom as a boss. I need wisdom as a co-worker. I I need wisdom. And God said, ask. And by the way, that's written in a, in, the, uh, in a linear tense, which means you keep on asking, keep on asking, keep on asking, keep on asking, and keep on asking. Amen? Let's stand together, shall we?